Confusion City. Yeah, that's right, Confusion City. I'll say it again, Confusion City. Taste of electricity. I'm Kenny Player, and I'm the storyteller. Richard was in the bath, relaxing from a boring day's work. He's an accountant. He doesn't want to be an accountant. But his father owns a firm, and when he dies, he'll leave Richard with a large amount of money. If he doesn't follow in his father's footsteps, he might have to work hard for the money for the rest of his life. This way, he won't have to. The crowd screams, You bastard! He's smug, and loves it. The tape on the tape recorder has finished its side. He gets up from the bath, and turns the tape over. Somehow, the tape recorder manages to fall into the bath he's in. Remember what your mother told you, electricity and water don't mix. But it works for Richard. He loves the electric shock. 99.9% .9 of people would have died instantly. Richard doesn't die. He gets out of the bath, goes into the kitchen and gets a fork just to see if electricity will be his girlfriend if electricity will be his girlfriend for life. He sticks a fork into a PowerPoint. Sparks fly! Richard is in love with electricity. Richard is in love with electricity. He turns on all the appliances dripping with water with the fork in hand to test his new addiction. His father walks in. He's drunk. Richard tells him what he has discovered. His father is slurs his words, blurts out. Why can't you be a cocaine abuser, a heroin addict, an alcoholic? Now you are an electricity addict? The guys down at the yacht club will laugh at my face. Richard doesn't care. His father collapses. It's a heart attack. He dies within one minute. Richard doesn't cry. He never cries. Even when his mother died, he didn't cry. He said to himself, Ah oh well, one more to go. Richard uses his father's money to buy an electricity plant. He lives there and is very happy. He marries Heidi. She also is an electricity addict. They say 
They'll never touch nuclear power, but I'm not so sure. I've seen it happen before so many times. First, it's a mild electric shock. Then, it's power plants. Then, nuclear power. And then on to the biggie, atom bombs. Let's hope Richard and Heidi know what they're doing. The taste of electricity. I'm Kenny Player, and I'm the storyteller. Angel has nothing to do with this. Charles Motta was his name. He ran the local restaurant. It was always busy. It was Italian and the food was always good. Not at a bad price either. Anyway, after closing time one night, Charles had a fully fledged visit from the Mafia Association. See, in those days, you had to give money to them for protection. If you didn't, you kind of died. The Mafia sit down and are fed. They tell him that the rates are going up and that they were just visiting to give him the good news. Charles objected. The current rate was already stretching him. This would make him lose money. They drank and ate and ignored. A week went past. Charles defied. He paid the old rate. They didn't like this. The Mafia don't like being fucked around. They punch him around. He finally pays up with a bloody face. They've killed people for less, so they still had to show him a lesson. The Mafia cursed. Charles had just finished his double-story house. Tomorrow, he was cementing his driveway. The Mafia boys had an idea. The cement trucks arrived and left. The Mafia arrived with guns in hand. They tell Charles to stand in the wet cement. He does this without defiance. Six hours later, the Mafia leave. Charles is cemented in his driveway. Nobody helped, because they all saw the Mafia people there and feared that they too could be in Charles's situation. His wife and children were at his wife mother's house. They were coming back tomorrow. Charles was stuck and he certainly couldn't move. He was cold and hungry and wanted to go to the toilet. Poor Charles. The crowd sigh. All together now. Charles's wife turns the corner into the street where they live. She sees Charles in the driveway, like, stuck there. The kids see this too, stunned. They focus in. 
They run to him. They ask and they are answered. Mr Little, the promoter, is on his daily jogging torture. He passes the unfortunate Charles Motter. Mr Little is stunned. After being stunned, his capitalistic mind works overtime. He sprints over to the family. Mr Little tells Charles, There's money to be made from this. Loads of money. Charles doesn't care. He wants to leave this being stuck in cement feeling. The rest of the family think of what they could buy with the money. Mr Little convinces Charles to sign a contract. Now they're in business. Mr. Little rings the media and tells them to come quickly. He's discovered the Cement Man. He also tells a whole mountain of lies to the media about how Charles ended up in his driveway. He, he tells them that he was born inside the cement and like some strange flower, he, was, he grow, grew up uh, being a half man, half cement. Uh, how his parents were visiting Martian and a cement mixer and, and how he can't be covered by house or shed or any structure because his natural circulation might be blocked and he'd die just to give some dramatic effect. The media arrive. How did you meet your husband? Well, every time I wanted to get out of my driveway, he was there, always. I wanted to talk to him and, uh, well, um, we've been married for five years and have two children now. Kids, how do you like having a half-man, half-cement creature as a dad? It's okay, you know, it's different, embarrassing at first, but then you get used to it. Cement man, how do you feel? Well, it's a kind of a drag, not walking, but um, I've never walked, so I really don't know anything different. Weeks later, all the media are raving about him. People are coming from all around the world to see him. There's also been reports of people trying to replicate themselves in Charles. People cementing themselves in driveways. Footpaths, parks, brick walls, etc. It's cement man mania! Charles, now a millionaire, with his own TV show, and is currently writing his book, I'm Cement Man, has decided it's not that bad after all. Charles thanks the Mafia for all, all they did for him. Well, it had to end. There came an earthquake and split the driveway that Charles was stuck in. He was free. The camera was there when it happened. The dream was over. The media rejected him after this occurrence. His wife and his children divorced him. Mr. Little tried to help him regain his popularity with a single. I was Cement Man. Now I'm a human firecracker. But people didn't like to be lied to. Charles had legs. He was full human, not half cement. The people had been had.
Charles left to Albania, where they have never heard of Cement Man. He started a business in velvet underwear. I miss Cement Man. He was way cool. Stumbits over her midstumbits over her midstumbits over her midstumbits over really her midstumbits over why her midstumbits over her midstumbits underground her midstumbits over aware her midstumbits over different her midstumbits over lace her midstumbits over Transformed. Interest. Happening. Family. Rock. Have. Power. Salt. Floating. Brat. Disease. Arms. Good. Court. Aeroplane. Deadhead. Different. Pistol. Problem. Boom. Works. Heaven. Exile. Quantity. On stage. Horrible. Kink. Flaming. Back. Knee. Things. Sometimes it feels like I'm going backwards. S D A R W K C A B G N I O G M N I I E E K I L S L E E F T I I S E M I T E M O S Sometimes it feels like I'm going backwards S D A R W K C A B G N I O G M N I E K I L S L E E F T I S E M I T E M O S
Sometimes it feels like I'm going backwards. S D A R W K C A B G N I O G M M I I E E K I L S L E E F F T I I S E M I T E M O S Sometimes it feels like I'm going backwards. The real untold history of Jim Morrison. Past lives, a carrot, Lewis Real, the Rainbow Bridge, a piece of toast that Mae West once ate as a child, Jane Austen, a termite, with a pretty good yodel vocal. James Douglas Morrison was born on the 8th of December 1943 in Florida, USA. As a child, he told his friends that he couldn't decide when he grew up what he wanted to be, a fireman or a dentist. He chose being a bank robber instead. At the age of 12, he changed his mind. He wanted to be a rock and roll icon. 1957, on holiday with his family in Liverpool, forms the Beatles with John Lennon on the 3rd of May. Quit the band on the 4th of May because of musical differences and a disagreement over tuna sandwiches. Paul McCartney is brought in. Jim also had an affair on holiday in 1957. Paul Weller was born a year later. 1961, records Runaway under the name of Del Shannon. Gets bored, sells the rights to Biff Langton, who continues as Del Shannon until his death. 1966, forms The Doors. The name was between The Doors or the Eye of Purple Shellac. The Doors won 3 to 1. 1967, The Doors released Light My Fire, a song referring to his ambition to be a fireman as a child. Later that year, Jim Morrison is arrested for obscene language at a concert. Thank you very much. You've been such a lovely audience. Only if my mum was here, she'd make you all some milk and cookies. The police deemed this obscene because of its utterly nice language and not very suitable language at a rock concert. 1968, Hello I Love You is the number one single. Jim secretly marries Elizabeth Taylor for two days. During these days of marriage bliss, they make a baby who is now a very well-known, influential toilet cleaner. 1969, charged with indecent exposure in March, he opens a can of film and shoves it up a frog's bottom and then sings Peace Frog at the concert. 1969, Morrison Hotel and Absolutely Live are released. Jim takes heaps and heaps of drugs, writes poems and paints washing machines. He tells his friends he's followed by a UFO shaped like a 15-foot cheesecake. 1971, releases LA Woman on the 3rd of July decides to die. Too much sex, drugs and rock and roll. 
1980, bored with being dead, formed Duran Duran, calls himself Simon Le Bon. 1981, Duran Duran releases Planet Earth. It's a hit. 1987, leaves Duran Duran, sells Simon Le Bon's name to Tommy Two-Tone. 1990, becomes Mariah Carey. A big star is born again. Present day, Jim Morrison has become a goat herder living in Gaspar, Cuba. Thank you for listening to the real untold history of Jim Morrison. Ashley Boiled Lolly, reading from This Book is Really Boring. Chapter 5 Bored. Uh, it was Saturday morning. Uh, uh, I had just woken up. Um, bored. Um, what, what did the day lay ahead for me? I checked my diary. Uh, uh, nothing was planned. Um, what could I do? Um, could I buy an airline ticket to Paris? Uh, I checked my bank account. There was $189 in the account. I checked the flights online to Paris. No, nothing in the $189 range. No Paris. Now, what can I do? Hmm. Oh, yes, breakfast. Yes, breakfast. That would be good. Um, what could I have? Uh, toast? Uh, hmm. Oh, yes, toast. Oh, oh, wow, this day is turning around really, really fast. Oh, oh. Uh, so I um, put the bread inside the toaster and I waited for the toast to pop. Um, um, a few seconds and minutes went by and, and it popped. Oh, yes. Um, toast. Mmm. Uh, I, I, I ate the toast. Um, that was really, really exciting. Um, now, um, uh, I'm not quite sure what to do after I've eaten my toast. Um. Uh, uh, oh, bored, bored, bored. That was Ashley Boiled Lolly reading from This Book is Really Boring. Attack of the Killer Soccernets. It was
was a fog-filled morning in Wada land at the Benning soccer field. The groundsmen were spraying the soccer pitch grass with a new chemical they had purchased from the new gardening shop. We are really evil but pretending to be a nice hardware and gardening centre. The spray looked right but it didn't really smell too good. But the groundsmen had taken their daily tab of acid and they were just putting it down to issues with nostril capacity because of the latest Joan Armour Trading live album. The job was done, but the soccer nets felt different and their killer urges were manifesting. All well now, but their intentions were set for the next morning's soccer game. It's Saturday. It's a gloomy day. The Noel Coward soccer team were going to play Don Lane's All-Stars. It was a local derby. All 53 people from Wadar land were in attendance. It was nil-nil at halftime. No troubles with the soccer nets. Five minutes into the second half, Jerry Lewis is fouled in the penalty box. Will this be the moment the soccer nets react violently? Jerry Lewis steps up to the box. Bill Clinton is the goalkeeper. Jerry Lewis shoots. It's a goal! Bill Clinton is disappointed. He retrieves the ball. Uh-oh, the killer soccer nets are going into action. The soccer nets start to strangle Bill Clinton and the teams are in shock. They go to help him. They are also tangled up in the net of death. The referee and the umpires are strangled. The opposition's team nets react also moving in rage towards the spectators. Is the attack of the killer soccer nets. There's no disappointment here. Oh no, they're coming towards me now. What, in the studio? Oh, they move so fast. Ah, oh no, don't get me. The, the soccer nets, no, the killer soccer nets. I'm in the next web.
Confusion City. Yeah, that's right, Confusion City. I'll say it again, Confusion City.